As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey everybody, this is Felipe Cardenas, host of the COPA podcast, and this is part one of my interview with Brian Dunseth, one of the lead analysts for the new Apple TV and MLS broadcasts that begin later this month. Dunny and I talked about how he went from being a professional player to a career in television, what fans can expect in terms of content, and whether or not an expanded playing field is good for MLS. Part two will be published on Friday, so wait for that. But for now, enjoy part one. Welcome to Copa with Felipe Cardenas. I'm your host. My guest today is Brian Dunseth, a former 10-year MLS veteran defender and captain of the 2000 US Olympic team. What a great class that was. Oh my goodness. He started in over 150 games for six different MLS clubs. He's the co-host of Week in the Tackle alongside Tom Rennie on SiriusXM and now one of the lead analysts for the new Apple TV MLS broadcasts that begin on February 25th. Donnie, I've, you've, ha- I've been, you've been on my list for so long. Welcome <laughs> to COPA. What's up? Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. It's, uh, it's been a long time that we've been trying to make this work out. And uh, finally back in the States and uh, happy to join you, my man. Yeah, so we're going to get to that. You're, you're back from a seven-week trip, is it? Seven weeks in Spain? Yeah, you know, my math isn't that great. Um, <laughs> you know, I went Your to math. Cal State Fullerton. My math were uh, pass <laughs> or fail at that point. Um, and when we, when we put together this trip, um, we were like, well, let's go December 15th. And, um, we, at first we were only going to go for a couple weeks. And then I was like, well, it's the world cup. And I started doing the kind of the schedule and I was like, well, when would the like league start back up? Cause we're going to be in Barcelona and I want to see yeah. as many Barcelona games as possible. Um, and then we're like, you know what? Screw it. It's January. You know, like we can figure out our kids. My, my oldest is in junior high. We had to nap. Funny enough, we had to navigate the the conversation with his school over a single Spanish class, um, oh, and I was like, "We're we're I mean, literally he's immersed. going to Spain, so he's immersed." Out. Yeah, um, but cooler heads prevailed, and yeah, so we ended up staying through uh, February. We came back on February first, um, and I was like, "Oh yeah, six weeks." So then I did the math, and I was like, "Ah, it's a little bit more than six weeks, almost seven weeks." So. Yeah, we got a great little apartment down in Ejample, uh just north of uh, the Rambla de, Ca- or Rambla de Catalunya yep. and Las Ramblas and uh, Plaza de Catalunya and, and Gothic Quarter. And it was just uh, an incredible time. And even last night, the boys and I threw on YouTube and we were watching uh, 
some some Barcelona videos, and we're just like, man, it's only been a week, and like, God, I missed that place. What a, what so a hard, so crazy. hard to leave Europe. So hard to yeah. leave. But hold hold on to, to the stories. I want to get to that yeah. uh, because there's. I want to actually ask you about the experience of being there with your family, being in Barcelona at that time. Mm. Uh, it's an interesting time in Barcelona. So I, I'm really anxious to hear about that. But yeah. I have another question here before we get to um, the topics. And just if you're listening here, we're going to talk about Apple TV, everything from the expectations to how Dunny feels about it. Uh, you know, what changes for you? We're going to talk about MLS playoff expansion, what the athletic broke just a few days ago, what that may look like. Uh, U.S. Men's National Team, the fallout. Uh, Everything that's happening with that program, with this runway towards 2026, Jesse Marsh. And I'm going to revisit your very, I mean, it was at the time controversial Pulisic quote, Christian Pulisic quote. We'll go back to that um, and just see like where, what's happening with him um, as, as football begins to shift and change in, in England as well. So hopefully we can get to some tactics with you as well at the end of the show. But let me, let's start with Apple TV. Yeah. Uh, because you know it's it was news for so long, uh, and and, that, and now it's happening. I spent some time on on just checking it out. The UX is good. The interface is working. The content's there, and you can sort of see like there's this is still a work in progress as far as the content goes. But yeah. if 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 I'm an MLS fan, you know there's I have a home now. H- how do you feel about this? Like I know you're part of the the broadcast team, <clears throat> but like just big picture with with Apple and MLS coming into this relationship. Yeah, I'm really excited, um, and it's not hyperbole. I, I, I really am. I, I think when you step back for a second, obviously change is always kind of scary for everyone involved. Um, and, and being a part of Major League Soccer since 1997, Felipe, you and I have watched so many, so many brilliant people try so many great things, uh, and, and literally throwing everything against the wall to try to figure out how we could figure out more destination viewing for major league soccer, how we could make a, a deeper dent into the sports landscape here in the United States. And it's been extremely difficult. I mean, I, I can remember being a part of the national broadcast for Fox soccer channel with Max Bredos and, and Christopher yeah. Sullivan and Todd Grisham and Mark Rogandino and all the guys, Christian miles and, you know, going through the United States, this, this caravan of, of knuckleheads, you know, putting on what we thought was, you know, the the best, most in-depth product that we possibly could. And with ESPN coming in and, and then transitioning to NBC Sports and then, you know, seeing what everybody's trying to do. I was with JP Della Camera and Kyle Martino, the three of us doing Friday Night Soccer um, for, for a season. It, it's It's been hard to try to figure yeah. out what the landscape looked like. And then you throw in the technology side of it and how you know, the, the viewing habits of not only adults like ourselves, uh, but our parents and then our kids. And there, there, there's three completely different genres of how, you know, I was just saying the other day, like I started watching the Man United game in the morning. I watched the first 45 minutes. I jumped in my truck to take my boys to their soccer game. I was listening to Sirius XM in the car. And then the moment that I got out of the car after the 20 minute drive, I, I pulled up Peacock on my phone and watched the final you know, 25 minutes. And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't think of myself as like a savvy guy that's going to, you know, try to consume in three different ways and ha ha ha. He, yeah, he, yeah. I'm cool. Multi-screener. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm not going to like air mirror play on my, you know, like I'm just, <laughs> that's just not who I am in, in an ideal world. I just like to sit on my couch and turn the television on and 
see if I can stumble anything into anything. But viewing habits have changed for everybody. So that that's kind of like the the micro conversation of of where I've come from and where this is going. And I'm excited. I, I really am. Um, you know, obviously the technical side, I'm I'm the guy who ste- you know steps in front of the microphone when the game kicks off and we start storytelling and and trying to break down the tactics and seeing what the buildup is and what it all looks like. But I know behind the scenes how hard this group is working. Um, and I can yeah. tell you based on my emails <laughs> that uh, <laughs> the the ramping up and the excitement of of what Apple and Major League Soccer and everybody involved is doing. Um, yeah, it, it is going to be a work in progress because we're all dipping our toes into this brand new world, but I'm extremely, extremely excited about the potential of what this all looks like. What, what will change for you? Because obviously you, you, I have in my notes here, RSL legend, we're also at Lake legend. Obviously you <laughs> scored the first goal ever, uh, first home goal for them. Uh, and then you became a big part of their community. Uh, you still yeah. live in Salt Lake and it's 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 also you're also going from being a a local regional broadcaster to now a, a national broadcaster full time. So yeah. what will change for you? Is there more travels or less travel? Yeah, it's a ton of travel, and 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 thankfully, you know, I I, I do have the experience from being a part of. I mean, when you go back and you look at kind of the arc of what I've been being able to be a part of in in Major League Soccer. You know, as soon as I retired, I started doing pre and post game radio um, immediately, and I wasn't getting Why? paid. Why? Like, what? What? Well, what, what took you there to media? <laughs> so, yeah. So two things. My at the time, my fiance um, and I had moved back because her father was uh, unfortunately um, uh, going to pass away in a short amount of time, um, and so we. I, I wanted to make sure that my wife had as much time with her father as possible before he passed away. Cause I still had opportunities to play, but at, at that point I was, I was good. I was done. I, I, I was content with what I had achieved as an athlete. Um, and then the other part is psychologically, right? You, when yeah. you retire, you know, you're not a doctor, you're not a lawyer. This isn't, there, there were no long-term gains. I had nowhere. I mean, I think the most money I ever made all in with bonuses was probably $120,000. Um, and, and that's the arc of my career. I, I you yeah. know, and, and we laugh now, I would say comparable, like Justin Glad is kind of like in Salt Lake terms, what my career had been, national team, okay. youth levels, the Olympic teams, you know, touch here and there with the national teams, but, but an MLS guy and the kid's making like 700 grand a year, you that's know, ridiculous. and that's just, crazy. it just shows you. And I'm so extremely happy for these kids to see the growth and financially, you know, these kids, you know, seeing, seeing a tremendous amount of dollars. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for me, when you retire, psychologically, I had to figure out who I was, you know, and, and there's, there's, there's a really difficult time that happens for athletes that, you know, we, we, we shell up and it's what it really comes down to is, you know, you feel like you can't express yourself. You feel like you can't talk to your friends in a way that you can say like, man, I don't know, like struggle. Because the first thing I say is like, Oh, what are you up to? Like, what's, yeah. what's going on, man? Like, what, like, what's the latest? What's next? Yeah. And you're so used to being like, oh, I've got to go to preseason or, oh, I'm yeah. moving back or, oh, dude, if you want to come to Boston, since I'm playing for the revolution, like, come on, dude, you can stay there, all that stuff. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, man, like, I don't, and all of a sudden, you know, you're boys. They're like, oh, dude, shut up, man. Well, you made it. What are you talking yeah, about? You're like, good. we're hustling out here. We're grinding, you know, nine to five. Like, you don't get to complain. And so all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. Like, I can't yeah. complain anymore because I like, I did that. I, I was able to do that. 
and you realize like in a way you were like a focal point for your friends or for your yeah. community and like this shining light because like oh dude you made it and then all of but a sudden like, you're established your friends are established they're, they've got a careers they're moving on they're like, established long term and yeah, then all of a yeah. sudden they're like 29 30 you're resetting at the very right. bottom right um and so for me when i when i got done i was like okay how can i psychologically try to get over this number one I don't have the team community. Number two, I don't have the athletic outlay that I did where I can just like get out and like mentally and physically train every day. You know, you don't have 5v2, you don't have the locker room, you don't have this community anymore. All of a sudden you're kind of isolated. So for me personally, I went and bought a, I, I bought a season pass at Brighton and I went snowboarding every day. Um, wow. You know, I pop up in the morning and I get my athleticism out and I would like kind of do I would push myself and I would, I would, I would try to recreate in a new way, kind of that athleticism that I was not getting anymore as a, as a soccer player. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I was like, you know what? I got to get over this. And the very first week I got back to Salt Lake city, uh, RSL was playing and I can't remember who they were playing, but I remember jumping in the car and for some reason I had AM station on the local um, 700 uh, ESPN 700 on. And they were talking about the pregame show. And I was like, and you're like missing this matchup and like, yeah. no, like, no, it's, this is the guy you got to be paying attention to. And like, <laughs> this is like the, you know, the tactics and if the shape and okay, so this guy's got to play a good game. And if he doesn't play a good game, you have to have this happen. And so I was just like listening to it. And I was like, I was like getting not frustrated, but it was like, there's so much information you could be giving to the fan base and it just wasn't being conveyed. And right. like, okay, here's what to look for. Here's not what to look for. Here's their strengths and weaknesses. These are some places that you, you know, they're bad at transition defending. They're great at corner. Like all those little it's things. It's all the insight. It's all the insight that you had. Yeah. And, and it was like the matchups, right? Because yeah, yeah. as player, you're like thinking about how can I win? It's not just like, okay, execute, but it's the preparation of how to win. Um, and so I, uh, I saw Trey Fitzgerald. And for those that don't know, Wiki Trey, um, he is, you know, kind of the heart and soul of Major League Soccer. Started in, in the offices in, in New York. Um, has been out here since the beginning of RSL and uh, and just such an incredible human being. And I saw Trey and I was just, we have this relationship where we can kind of bust chops. And I was like, hey, Trey, let me know when you want someone that knows what they're talking about. Like total, <laughs> total, you know, jerk comment. But like in a way, it sounds like, it sounds like a jerk, probably was. But it was like in a fun way, banter. And he's like, you would actually do that? And I was like, yeah, man. And he's like, like, I don't have money. Like, I don't have an, like anything, a budget for this. And he's like, I was like, Let's just get through the year and like, we'll, we'll revisit it. And so it was like mid of May and I did it for the rest of the year, pre and post game <clears throat> with Spencer Checkets. This is what year? 2001? This is, no, this is, uh, oh yeah, yeah. 90s this, this still? Is 2000, no, 2006. This okay. Is May okay. of 2006. Um, and Spencer Checkets, his dad was Dave Checkets or is Dave Checkets. Um, Spencer does uh, you know, a great job out here in Salt Lake in the sports. <clears throat> Got his own show. And yeah, we just, we, we started and it was so much fun. And it was like a, I don't want to say a teaching moment, but it was an opportunity to kind of allow the fans to kind of lean into what it looks like behind the scenes yeah. um, of, you know, preparation for a game from the player's perspective. And at the end of the season, uh, there was a couple of times where I jumped on the analyst side for radio alongside Bill Riley. Um, and then, uh, in an odd sequence of events, Robin Frazier, who was the television analyst at the time, when Jason Christ became the head coach, he convinced Robin to be his assistant 
which yeah. meant that the television analyst role opened up for Real Salt Lake. And then from 2007 on, I became the uh, the lead color analyst for television for RSL. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, yeah. the thing about, about you is that you had equity too. You were a player. You were an RSL, like I said, RSL legend, like you, you were well known. And so immediately you're going to connect with fans. You're going to connect with the community. But something that I think people that are listening to, to the show and that have listened to you for so long on SiriusXM as well, you're, you're, you're highly respected as an analyst. You're one of the, you're one of the few that was like regional, but also did a lot of national broadcasts with ESPN. People connect with you. You're also, I think, in my opinion, you're probably one of the most well-liked guys in American soccer. And so like, I think all that comes together. Um, and, and you're very analytical. It's like funny because like you, you, you always make fun of yourself with your, your, your lack of like math skills. I can relate. I went to, <laughs> Hey, I went to a Cal state too. This is how uh -huh. we connect. I went to Cal yeah. state, San Bernardino. I yeah. was like ineligible for one year cause I couldn't pass college math. Yeah. So like I hear you, but yeah. sometimes you just fall into a, a role that that suits you. And now you're you're coming into this like you mentioned no budget for radio. And now this is a 10 year, two point six billion dollar deal with MLS and Apple. So first of all, do you do you know who you're calling games with and yeah. what like what should fans expect from this? You mentioned the big change. What should yeah. I, honestly, what should fans take away from the beginnings of what's going to be a ten-year deal? So, answer I, the I first one first, if you can. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I, I am aware of who I'm going to call the games with. I am okay, extremely okay. excited about it. And uh, per Apple's rollout that's happening in the next couple of days, uh, that will all be public, made public. But I can oh, tell gosh, you, look at this that, guy's a that, pro. He's a pro. That, that I am extremely excited uh, about who I will be working with. Um, I, I, it just, I, I'm grinning like a Cheshire cat because I can that's see how, it. I can see yeah, it. That's how, that's how exciting it's going to be. Um, yeah, the, the, the second part for all of this, you know, I, I think as we, as we continue to kind of roll this out, the thing to rem remind everybody, it's only going to get better. Like everything's going to be better. And that's the weight of the brands behind yeah, what this yeah. is going to look like. And launching this from scratch i don't think you know th this is just my humble opinion i don't i don't know if you would ever be ready you know like yeah. because there's there's so many it's never been done well and there's so done. many perfectionists that are involved in this project mm. you know on both sides i mean yeah. this is a huge undertaking and i i can promise you this i i, I understand you know the 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 uncertainty or the vitriol or all of this that comes along with announcements nowadays but there, I, I, there's a lot of pride that's going to go into this product. And it is, mm -hmm. it's going to have its setbacks. I think I can't tell you, and listen, I've done, uh, you know, Fox Soccer Channel, I've done NBC Sports, I've done ESPN. And I, and I don't, and I, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way in any way, shape or form. There's always an issue in the broadcast. Yeah. It, it, when you're watching it, if you catch it, or if you don't catch it, there's something that's happening all the time because not only can there be tech you know a tech failure there's also the human failure that comes right. along you know there's a lot of buttons being pushed there's a lot of calls <laughs> being made there's a lot of camera there's work. people in your but, ear talking oh, to you yeah you got your ear right you yeah. know left brain right brain conversation yeah. you're you're queuing. i mean uh, we we were joking adrian uh healy and i were joking about this up in montreal um we had about a five minute segment uh in one of our pregame shows 
and you you prepare for the five minute segment and then all of a sudden depending on what's happening in the building from the previous game it could be college baseball it could be a softball game it could be a football game it could be whatever it could be a hard out you know sports show but all of a sudden they're like okay we got eight minutes or okay we're gonna yeah. push it we got a minute or okay you're not on camera or there's there's all these and then if you do like have this five this one five minute window we had we literally like came on camera set the game up popped into this team here's the guys <laughs> to watch boom here's the video here's the goals this is what they did well last week this is what you need to watch for this week this is how they can get them this is what they have to do to sustain you know the the pressure all of these things and and here's the lineups here's the guys to watch and then here's the walkout and you're just like literally it's the sheets like this long you, but there's uh, there's just bullet points yeah and you got to like tag them and we call them tag and bags you got to tag and bag them and get them going <laughs> And then try to figure out, by the way, you're on camera and you're yeah. looking at the, you're looking at the red light in this little, you know, this little circle and inevitably in the back of your mind, you're like, man, there's a lot of people watching this right now. There's acting don't, to this too. Don't I mean, screw you, this you, up. Yeah. I mean, you have to understand, you have to be camera ready. You have to know, uh, there's everything from posture to, hold, to how, how you hold the microphone, your inflection, your yeah. pronunciation, uh, and H-E, I know a, a cruel mistress got to get your makeup on. Yeah. You've got to do. Yeah. I mean, you have yeah. to look good. You have to play the part. Um, I, I want to ask you about, well, I don't want to change the subject because I, I think you're onto something here. It, it's, it's going to get better. I, I want to go back to that because I'm a big fan of the deal. Like as soon as it was announced, I, I, I did an episode and I said, listen, like as far as you mentioned the brands, you know, you have, you have a, a brand like Apple that, is is known for their aesthetic is known for the presentation mm-hmm. uh you mentioned perfectionism i mean that's probably one of the brands that's that that jumps out when you when you speak of everything from packaging to product placement yeah uh tone messaging uh you know you're being elite you know being the one being the 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 brand that people look to uh to to change industries and so you you match that with a sport that is growing uh, that that needs, I think, a little bit more respect, even here I- in the states. And I personally felt like MLS was falling a little bit behind because it was too localized, too regionalized. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm here in Atlanta, and it's awesome. It's great to see a city that loves their their soccer team. Uh, but outside of Atlanta, outside of the Southeast, it's it's then everything just spreads out and it becomes very individualized. I think it's going to be great for the sport. Uh, I have friends in Colombia that now can just watch a game if they want to. And if they want to dunk on it, fine, but at least they can watch it. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of that. So it is, sh- should fans, you mentioned it's going to get better. Like what aspects, just pick one aspect that you think will improve first that you think fans should be looking at like, okay, yeah, like this is, we're just starting here, but what's something that you think will improve over time? Well, I, I think the relationships with the broadcasters a hundred percent, you know, we're, I think, and, and again, going back to my experience, I think the one thing that it's great for me that I've experienced over my career is I've worked with virtually everybody. I mean, there, there's not a lot of these, uh, there's not a lot of the guys, the, the analysts that are involved that I have not worked with. It's a small world, right? It's a small, it, I mean, it is. It, there's a lot it, of it people, is. but you all know sure. each other. Yeah, we, we, we all know each other or we know of each other or we're acutely aware of each other's work. Um, and as you get to know guys and especially some of the, the newer guys that have come into the marketplace over the last couple of years, you, you, you get to, you get to know them and you start to really like him. Like, for example, Chris Whittingham, um, I, you know, I didn't know him at all. I listened to his work, 
finally met him last year in the beginning of the season at Inter Miami when I was doing a game um, against the New England Revolution for ESPN. And I popped in to go see Thomas Rongin, who was doing <laughs> analyst role for radio, who was my first head coach at the New England Revolution. And then I met Chris. And fast forward a couple months, I'm hanging out with Chris at the All-Star Game and getting yeah. to know him a little bit better. So like, it just shows you like how quickly this can happen. And, and listen, we, we all know like the, the people that you end up liking and getting to know, you reach out a little bit more and you create more of an organic relationship and you become yeah. friends. Like we've become friends yeah. over the years um, through different mediums of, of this sport. And uh, it, yeah, I, I think the relationships for these guys, as they fall in, in sync with each other, um, it's that. And I was telling this story to Trey what I'm also excited about is for different clubs, while the, while the storytelling isn't there, let's use Real Salt Lake. Let me, let me yeah. roll this back a little second. Well, like for Real Salt Lake, one of the things that we had, and I say we, David James and I had each and every week, was we had a three-hour window. We had a three-hour window, whether it was home or whether it was on the road, because we did a 30-minute pregame, we did a 30-minute postgame. And so our ability to storytell individual player stories, to tell club stories, to tell monarch stories, to tell academy stories um, was pretty in-depth, right? Yeah. Then obviously the commercial aspect, the selling aspect, you know, uh, whatever the brand that was associated with the club, there was a, you know significant money coming in because they were backing certain segments. So throughout that window, we had no matter what, a very core group of supporters and or fans that were you know stumbling onto real salt lake that we were selling to right okay. and here's yep. the game and no, no club has that right the, mm. the ability to tell local stories now falls into the hands of the club to right. produce content content for apple the club to pr uh, basically create content for themselves but they are not having that same type of window. So that's one of the things yeah, I'm really yeah, intrigued yeah. to see how mm -hmm. clubs try to un unlock that, that mystery. Um, but from a broadcast perspective, like say for Real Salt Lake, you never saw RSL on Fox no. or on ESPN. No. They, 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 the, the story was the atmosphere. You saw them in right. the playoffs. You, you yeah. had to wait to the playoffs to see some yeah. of these teams. And, and they would also, okay, well, it's not big names. It's a small market. It, the, the stadium's great. By the way, the infrastructure and the amount of money that that Blitzer and Smith's ownership group has put into the stadium is, is ridiculous. It's only going to get better and better. Tyler Gibbons has done a phenomenal job, um, but it didn't have the right atmosphere, right? It wasn't yeah, Portland yeah. and it wasn't Philly and it wasn't Atlanta. So they never, never really had a national appeal. I'm excited for some, quote unquote smaller clubs like that that are going to have this opportunity because now you're going to get these major broadcasters coming in they're going to have to do much more research and in-depth storytelling. The club's going to be able to transmit these stories yep. to the broadcast. And then all of a sudden, I think you're going to have a different, a different feel about certain clubs. And, and most certainly now, I think everyone's going to be much more educated um, about the clubs because, you know, we're, we're all going to be bouncing around, um, you know, going city to city, team to team. And it's not just going to be hyper-focused on one team. Now it's going to be, okay, we're, we're macro focused on this entire league and it's going to feel like we're Matt Doyle staying up until 4 a.m. <laughs> consuming, you know, all of these major league soccer games to try to stay up on everything that's happening. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham, all new, Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And you mentioned storytelling, you know, just quickly on this point, because it's it's very relevant right now, the, the MLS and Wrexham debate, right? Like Wrexham, uh, AFC with their Hollywood owners and and just, the, you know, the series and now they're, they're out of the FA Cup. They were eliminated yesterday, but it, it it's enthralling because mm-hmm. of the storytelling. And, I, you know, I understand. I think MLS uh, – can do a better job, but I think there are a lot of leagues around the world that can do a better job with, with storytelling. You know, my, my colleagues at the athletic UK always are like the access you guys get over there is ridiculous. Like they don't get access to players. They don't get access to coaches beyond what's stipulated. Like we can go to a training session and ask for a player if we want. Um, and so that's why I think the, the for those that are in the industry, we like, we see that there's, there's, there's potential to do more. Yeah. Um, from from a content perspective, uh, and, and I, from what I'm hearing from you, it looks like this could, you know, really propel that. But it's going to put a lot of onus on clubs as well to do that. It, it is, and, and I'm a. Even though it infuriates Tom Rennie, I'm a an Amazon kind of all or nothing guy. Uh, <laughs> I I I love consuming, and and maybe it's more of the the ex soccer player mentality. Yeah, but yeah. I love consuming the behind the scenes content. Um, LAFC did a phenomenal job on ESPN Plus in the early days of the Bob Bradley tenure of, of putting that series on and then subsequently taking it in-house and putting it on YouTube, I believe, for the second year. Mm-hmm. But for me, th- those those highs and lows, those waves that- We've got to see ride, that. We've got to well, see that. And, and listen, when you, when you watch it with Jose Mourinho and Tottenham, when you watch it with Pep Guardiola and, and Man City, they probably do it best because they, they continue to just churn content behind the scenes on their YouTube page. Well, uh, the Juve stuff, um, I've, yeah. the Boca Juniors stuff, any, anything the, 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 with the Brazilian national team and Chiche and, and, and Neymar and all of that, all of that stuff, I love. I, yeah. I will consume that because it gives me more insight when I'm watching the game to, 
to understand how the buildup has gotten them to that point. And it, it's like reference points. And, I, and I've said, there, there's a couple things where I'd love to see Major League Soccer um, and, and Apple or anybody else involved. Um, because of my kids, 4-4 Tunes uh, is a, a daily, weekly ritual for my kids. Really? And the, the recap format, and I know it's outlandish and it, it's boombastic, but it's really, really funny. Um, kind of their take on on players and personalities and voices and all that stuff. Um, my boys will send me the videos, and I'm like, yeah, I've already. They're seen the future. This. They're the target well, audience. They're they the, are the most important target audience for MLS, in my opinion. It, it is, and and what gets a little bit scary is now having a 13 and a half year old, 10 and almost 11 year old, um, and a five year old, is how they're consuming their content. Yeah, is is a is really nerve wracking for me as a parent because, you know, a lot of the stuff that they're leaning into is either TikTok related or YouTube. It, you know, it's, it's, it's content generated um, and aggregated is one of the reasons why I got off Twitter, but that's a different conversation. Um, but the algorithms that are being created and Twitter the content, is ruined. It, tw Twitter got ruined. Come on. I mean, well, I that, can that, agree that's, why I got out. That's, that's why yeah. I got out in, in November or October. Go on, go on. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, the, the fear is that, you know, that this, this information that they're consuming, like my boys came up and they're like, Oh, this happened. Oh, that happened. Or this. And I'm like, no, that's not what happened. And, and yeah. I'll explain, okay, this is what happened. Like, Oh, well, why would that guy say that? And I was like, I, again, it's to be loud and, you know, yep. bombastic and then they'll get more views and controversial. Um, and yeah, it's, so it, whether it's four, four tunes or whether it's to behind the scenes stuff, or you look at what formula one, and everything that's happened with, you know, Lewis Hamilton and, and all of that, how, how explosive that became, um, yeah. you know, and how everybody, like I would want, I started watching, I had no interest ever before, but the storylines were fascinating to me. That's, I think, kind of the future direction that we'll see Major League Soccer is, is more storytelling behind the scenes because the names, the faces, the back of the jerseys, the boots, you know, the, the, the play on the field, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. That's all, that's all fine and well, but I, I think it's more intriguing to see kind of the subplots and the storylines and, and kind of the ups and downs of, of not just what we as analysts and as broadcasters and reporters do is judge, you know, the players on their performance between the white lines for 90 minutes. So it's a good segue to what, was reported earlier this week by my colleagues Paul Tenorio and Sam Stashkobal. I mean, we don't. The season starts in two weeks, and the playoff system is not finalized yet. Mm -hmm. So there's there's reports here that the playoffs may be expanded. They're talking about best of three series in the in the in the, the opening round. More teams getting in, up to nine teams per conference, eighteen total. A lot more games, you know, that's that's what part, let's be honest, that's part of this new deal. Like yeah. Apple wants content, MLS wants content. You guys have to call games. Uh, this is a way to keep people in the app, to keep people engaged. But, you know, you, you're very honest about uh, American soccer. You've been a player for, like I said at the top of the show, you were a 10-year veteran in the league. Is, is too much soccer in MLS to in, in watering down, I guess, like the competitive nature of playoffs. Is that good? Is that good for, for the sport? Well, I, I this, this has been a never ending debate that we've yeah. had from the very beginning. Because it keeps changing, um, honestly. Yeah. It, it, the format keeps changing, but I, but uh, again, this will sound like I'm, I'm an MLS apologist, but I, I, I'm certainly not. I, I think this league has had to be extremely nimble 
while this expansion and growth has happened and transpired. Because if, if, this, if this league um, and the decision makers associated with this league were rigid and just held on tight and said, no, this is the right way, this is what we got to do, I don't think the league survives. I, I really yeah. don't. I, I think, you know, I, I remember having a conversation one time with Don Garber, um, and I was actually, this is how old I am, I was actually in New York when they announced Don Garber, um, and Lothar Mateus was there, Risto Stoichkov was there, oof, a oof. couple other of us, yeah. Uh, what what a day that was! Uh, what what an afternoon! That's an intimidating <laughs> duo right there. Oh Good my God. gosh! Um, and by the way, seeing Stoichkov and and going through the Barcelona tour was Stoichkov yelled at me one time when I called him. Someone gave me oh, his yeah? number because I want to do an interview, and I called yeah. him, and he was like, "Why are you calling me?" That's amazing. And, and then it was then it then the interview was one of the best interviews I've ever done. But he was like, "Don't ever call me again. Go through these people." But exactly. what do you want to talk about? What do you, what, what do you want? <laughs> How can I help you? <laughs> That's I mean, my favorite Stoichkov story was we were playing uh, Columbus against Chicago and Chad McCarty was like standing in front of him and like trying to slow him down from taking the throw in quickly because they like ran out of bounds and Stoichkov just <laughs> pulled the ball. He goes, boop, <laughs> threw the ball right off his face. Picked the ball. Oh, my God. And it was just it was classic <laughs> Stoichkov. Um, so, but, you know, the, the Garber thing, you know, he he told me this story one time and he said it publicly a couple times. Like when he came in the league there was a circular table and that was the owners and it was wow. like five chairs. Right. And I mean, you think about how much growth mm. this league has gone through. Um, and, and it's not, you know, we're, back then it was millionaires and mm. some weren't maybe even millionaires as we've seen yeah. some of the contract, you know, contraction. I was a part of that with the Miami fusion. Um, and now you think about what those boardrooms look like and the power and the weight and the money that's behind it. Um, so the, the format for the playoffs, listen, you're right. Everything that you said is right. I would also add in, it's an opportunity for owners to get butts in seats and create more money. Um, and for those in an odd way, a reward for the ownership to have a home game in the playoffs, as opposed to, you know, being on the road the whole time. I, I'm not naive. It, it, it's absolutely a business. It's always going to be about yeah. the money. Um, and, and the ending debate, listen, the, uh, how many, how many years listening to Sirius XM, Miola and I would, you know, you, you want to start a conversation, promotion, relegation, the best <laughs> thing in soccer lights, you know, the, the entire television. Oh yeah. Or you're, TV, you're radio. The, the phone just goes off. You, you guys don't it, have, you can't answer every phone call. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the popcorn starts popping. Um, <laughs> and, and, and this is. You don't, it doesn't have to be, I, I don't think any way is, any one way is right. The debate, you could go back and forth and you could swing the, the pendulum either way to, to, I think, justify whatever your opinion is. I've been a part of promotion relegation. I totally understand it from my time in Sweden. I can tell you what the pressure looks like for the local players versus the international players. And there's a massive, massive difference. I can tell you what it means for the fan base when you're flirting with relegation and the pressure that comes associated with it um, and the looks you get on the street and the conversations that are had, I can see all that. And I can also understand what it looks like from an American format because of growing up in the United States and seeing all of the other sports. Um, and we used to term, you know, use the terminology, if you had a bad year, you got you suck allocation money and <laughs> yeah. maybe next year yeah. you were a little bit better. Um, but I can also tell you what people 
don't, I think, acknowledge sometimes is with failure of clubs not making the playoffs while there is not relegation, there is most certainly havoc behind the scenes for guys like myself who throughout their career, one of the reasons why I played for so many teams was I was on teams that were either mid-table teams or like kind of struggling. And all of a sudden there was value not only in my play for other teams to say, oh, I think he's a good player. That's not working there. Let's bring him over here. Let's see if it works. That happened with Miami. We were the best team in the Eastern Conference. That happened with Columbus. We won a U.S. Open Cup. We were a a corner kick dribbling ball in uh, from playing LA Galaxy in an MLS Cup final and a U.S. Open Cup final. And then all of a sudden, Jeff Cunningham pops his hamstring. And because I'm making similar money, he was supposed to be traded to LA. I get traded to Dallas. I did nothing wrong. All of a sudden, this happened. So all of these things can happen where we can say broad stroke, there's no accountability. And I get that. But all of a sudden, as a player, there's plenty of accountability because if you fail, you don't don't know what can happen. Um, No, the turnover, roster turnover in MLS is like, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's bigger it's, than people acknowledge. Yeah. yeah, it's true, 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 true. Um, so then before we move on, then where are the stakes? Where do you think mm-hmm. if, if more teams are getting into the postseason, this is my perhaps my naive thought that, well, well now like the big clubs in MLS have their margin for error is pretty thin now. Like you've mm-hmm. got to be in. You can't fail. I mean, if nine yeah. teams are getting in, you've got to get in. So where are the stakes in your opinion? If, if that we, This is not confirmed yet, but if it yeah. becomes where more teams are getting into the postseason – do the stakes get higher or lower? Does it depend on the team and the market? Yeah, I, I think the the natural answer would say the stakes would be lower because there's just more opportunity. And yeah, I saw one of your tweets. I do jump on Twitter every once in a while just to, <laughs> to see if I'm missing any storylines. Um, you know, I, I did see one of your tweets. Uh, and, and listen, the, the I said, imagine if you don't make the playoffs, basically, in a nine-team field in the conference. Yeah, and and I think you're right. And the what what I hate, what what I what I can't stand is when I see quotes um, that say, "Oh, you know, our goal is to make the playoffs." Yeah, oh, that's the one you're referring to. Yeah, 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 here in Atlanta, which was like they were at the top of the mountain, they were because of so many decision making issues and team players leaving coaches in and out now they went from we want to be one of the best teams in north america to we're trying to make the playoffs and i'm like what is that like you can't you can't just do that fans will not accept that yeah that's the thing so yeah go ahead and and so i think so i think that's the accountability is the fans are 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 gaining a bigger voice Mm -hmm. um and and making their voice heard with expectations and that there is pressure i know the pressure is nowhere near what it looks like um, because the coverage, which you guys do an extremely, uh, you guys are, are phenomenal at what you guys do. Um, what we've seen is there's a lot less financial support for local coverage True. Um, and the local coverage and more of like the, the national coverage. We're seeing less and less, uh, I think, phenomenal talent covering the league because there, there's not that support, right? Yeah, there's we're, not we're, enough money in it. People that don't believe in it still. We're still exactly. trying to convince. We're still trying to convince people and, of who and we're, seeing, what we're doing. And we're seeing extremely talented men and women jump into other sports or into other fields because yeah. of that. Um, okay, playoffs. I think it's, I like the idea. I, I've always liked the idea of multi game things on the line. You know, we just, you brought up Wrexham, you know, uh, a home in a way and what that looks like. I know it's different, but that idea of, you know, having a home game and going away and seeing how you manage that. Uh, 
the, yeah. you know, the way goals rule, all of that. I'm a believer in that, even though I know people counter that argument all the time. I think it could be good. But again, I understand why there's pushback on it. Uh, but again, I, I'm, I try not to be naive too often, but there, there's a lot of money on the line and there's a lot of content on the line. And I can see why MLS, especially coming out of a World Cup year where the season ended so early, so extremely early, that now you've created more of a, of a, of a bigger umbrella, a bigger blanket to yeah. cover the, the complete calendar. Um, because twofold, number one, the more that we can avoid playing through the international calendar, the better. Two, if you can, and we'll see what League's Cup looks like this summer, yeah. continue, continue to not only brand the league against international competition, against our quote-unquote best friend and mortal enemy, Liga Amekis, um, <laughs> but also not just be a, a credit card grab, but be an opportunity for the United States to not, to not play, I don't know, uh, Juve on a Tuesday night and play their first team for 45 minutes and play their kids for the second 45 minutes, get blown out 6-0, because in two days' time, they have a, a conference matchup. LA Galaxy's playing LAFC, and they can't risk it. So yeah. The, the, yeah. These, are all, these are all bigger picture issues that I think come into play. But yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what the playoff format will ultimately look like. We all are. We all are. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Um, it, whatever happens, it's going to be newsworthy. And I think the, the players, coaches, they'll have a voice as well to see. Yeah. You know, they're playing a lot of soccer. There's a lot of games to yep. be played. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.